everybody, and welcome to your uh, very serious edition of your most favorite show of all time, the post-draft 12 hours to digest it all, Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I apologize for that week under the radar. I forgot my water, and I'm in the basement, and I don't want to run up and get it, so uh, I'll have to swallow my spit a bunch of times until I can do it at the end. Anyway, with me as always. That's charming. Uh, the kind-hearted soul who <laughs> claims to let me have Gerard Dyson in our auction last night, Ian Khan. You better believe it. I, I you believe better it. believe your butt that I let you. Without a doubt. Let me hold on. Wait, I, can I interrupt you? I'm just going to get this off my chest. Yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, let me say this. If we're going to go there, if you're going to just jump right to the Gerard Dyson, this is how it played out. It was a fantastic night. The three of us did occasionally get into scuffles, which was fantastic. And what I found was, I was like, no, I'm not going to bid up my boys. Like these, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm giving you stuff at all. But Gerard Dyson comes up. D, uh, Nando had like saved all his money for the first like third of the draft, then goes on like a spending spree, right? And then is down to like almost dollar days, but not quite. He throws Gerard Dyson out late. Getting a really interesting team, I think that that I'm confident I'm going to win this league by a lot. All right, well that that's right. okay. <laughs> uh, that well, I'll take a bet on that. So, um, we, Chris, get ready. But so he puts Dyson out for a buck, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm waiting for someone else to bid because I'm like, draw Dyson is in this format a really interesting play. It's a daily format. When he's playing, he's gonna run. He's gonna get playing time, and nobody does. And I'm like, oh, oh so man, you bid me up? I want him. I kind of want him. I bid you to two. You come back with a fast Nando Dofino three, right? Because everyone has their own way of doing it. Like Derek Cardi's is the fastest ever. Like just this, like he's like I'm getting him forever, right? But yours is yours is like I'm the man. Don't you know who I am? Do you know who I am? That's how your three came back. And I was like, if it was anybody else, I was going four. Well, if you wanted him, why? I mean, I would have gone five. I was going to go as high as seven on Dyson. Yeah, I understand. So then both of us. I'm, again, it's not. I hope no one's like, well, you're colluding with your friend. It's not that. It's just like, you know, if it was Cushing, I would have gone. If it was so almost anybody his. else. But DVR, I probably would have done the same thing too. Like, you know why? Because I knew you were going to say, why'd you beat me up on Gerard Dyson? I wouldn't have noticed. See, like, I go into these things. With, so, like, you say that we were in the scu- we were scuffling a little bit. I didn't notice that. I don't look at who's bidding. Mm. You know, the only people I notice who are bidding is really? the jerks who come in going twice more than once. Like, every dude, they come in on going twice. And there was a guy who did it last night. I'm not going to name his name, but I lost about 6% of respect for him in real life. <laughs> DVR knows. I know exactly who you're talking about. And I think it's a person you respect enough where 6% is not going to hurt all that much. No. Nice. Look at, you see what, that's why he's the Chibata, man. He just, like, soaks up the bile. Olive oil, not bile. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird what kind of sandwich you're eating. Yeah, but the six percent was a little. <laughs> it was more just about where you were at. No, no. Um, yes, but so it was really fun. I had I, it was such a it was such a blast. We're playing with so many great players. I mean, that was you know that David Miller, Bombo Rivera, All Stars. That's a clever player, man. David Miller. I don't know if everyone knows him, but he's a former champion of GDD, which is no joke. And he he really was clever. It was it was fascinating. I thought you were going to keep going. You've run out of good things to say about David Miller. Uh, yeah, but then I realized maybe people don't know who David is. and I'm not sure people know what GDD is. Nando, you've been in it longer than anybody. This is this guy, Steve Cozzolino, started a league. Uh, it's, it usually happens right around Tout Wars, like Thursday night at Tout Wars. It has evolved into this beautiful... Th- like, it used to be... Actually, it's pretty... So he knows someone who owns a bar, 
where it is at now, and it's like $40 all you can drink, and you get an entree, and they're like mozzarella sticks spread out through the tables and everything, uh, which was <laughs> like we had it once for football, and it was going to be a new tradition. But before, we go to a bar, we'd hang out. It's very relaxed, but he's got some heavy hitters in there, man, like Adam Ronis, Joe Sheehan is a former combatant, uh, Colton and the Wolfman, Glenn Colton and the Wolfman. Uh, Adam Ronis, wait, did I say Adam Ronis? Tim Heaney, Greg Sussman, Alex Cushing, who's won it several times. Frank Stample, who we're, we, we drafted on CBS last night, you could pull up Frank Stample's rankings, and they're called Frank Rank, which I yeah. thought was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> Are they really? Yeah. Are they called Frank Rank? That's pretty good. I just spoke to him on the phone. Well, oh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. What did he have to say? Yeah, just got to follow them. Why, why are you on we're the phone talking with trade? Frank <laughs> The league hasn't even started yet. Yeah, well, no, trades start the moment the draft is over. But no, Frank was calling me because he just joined Tout head-to-head this year. So he reached out to me this morning and he was like, yo, this on Roto is weird. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, I got about 20 minutes before I hop on with the gents. And yes, I can help you. So I talked him through it. But it wasn't, you know, it's on Roto is challenging. Right, DVR? Would you agree? Yeah, there's a there's a little learning curve on that. It takes about a couple months, really, to get fully comfortable with it. Yeah, that's what it took for me last year. It was like, wait, what? And now it's, you know, now it's like every other site where you kind of know what you're doing. The hardest site is RT still. But I think I've just figured. I think I've just figured it out. I still don't know if I have. Tell you, I love RT's draft though. Did you? Their their draft software I like a lot. It's very intuitive, very easy to find players. Oh, okay. I didn't mind last night's draft at all, and I, I thought. Well, CBS is the best. CBS is the gold standard, I think. Well, but you can't. But we're running into a problem with CBS DVR's league, Maki is which is the keeper league that we're doing. Um, is that fixed yet, DVR? I mean, what are we gonna do? No, so here's what happened, so people can avoid this problem in the future. The first period of the season wasn't set up right since we're starting in the middle of the year with you know the pandemic and everything. And what happened was we had a fab run on a Thursday night, which was supposed to happen. It ran the way it was supposed to. And it ran before the schedule was updated to include the first few days of the season. So the duration of period one changed. And I think that threw the system off because it ran the transactions for period one and then the dates of period one changed. So what I think I have to do is literally go through, undo each of the moves from last week, redo them, and then it'll it'll catch them correctly. So I'm going to have to sit down today and do that because they have not had some yeah, kind of Yeah, because I don't even know. Like, I don't even remember. I know I made a, a couple of kind of significant pickups and it'd be good to... Well, they're documented. They're all in the email still, like that league-wide email. Like, so it's 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 fixable. I just thought there was a button or something on the back end the product team could do to just fix it for me because it's going to take me an hour to untangle it. Can I say one thing about that the was awesome to watch? Derek Van Riper. I don't know if everyone else noticed this, but there was one guy that every time Derek Van Riper was in on a guy, there was another guy who was in on it too. Every single time, Nando. Well, you don't. Pay I don't attention. pay attention to that stuff. You don't even pay attention when you're bidding against somebody, so you're probably not going to pay attention when someone else is bidding against somebody. That, a lot of that stuff, no. I don't care. It's really the stuff that frustrates me stands out. That that other stuff, I don't care about. Really, yeah. that's too bad. Okay, well, I'm sorry. You can go through life. That so, way. You know, but, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want distractions, it. man. Focus on my team. I, I, I'm scrolling through, running numbers. Team's so good. It's shocking. It's actually a really good team. I like Nando's team a lot. But Van Riper. Shocking. Thank you. Derek Van Riper and and Derek Cardi, it's like watching the analytics guys go at it. It was so fascinating to watch. They were always in on the same guys. Like Colton and the Wolfman, Greg Colton and I tend to always, tend to always be in on the same guys. Right, we just go at it constantly. Where whatever draft we're in, 
And I swear, the Derek's last night, it was just like, I was like, Derek Cardi bids, here comes Derek Van Riper. Derek Van Riper bids, here comes Derek Cardi. And it wasn't like getting at each other at all. It was just the, they were liking the same guys. Derek, did you notice that as well? Yeah, but I think the reason it happens is that I lean on Derek's projection system, the bat, <laughs> to be like my main source of, of okay. truth. So basically, I mean, Derek's the smartest math guy in the room. So I sit there and say, oh, well, this is how he's valuing players. So I'm going to use that as my starting point. So I think that's how we end up on yeah, a lot okay. of the same players. That'll do it. <laughs> that's why. I yeah, guess he's, he's a victim sense. of having a good projection system. It's his own fault. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, but but no one else is clearly. It was just it was just very noticeable to me that you guys were you guys would just go back and forth on players, and I was like, wow, it's always those two. And there was one time where you guys were bidding on somebody, and I was like, you know, this sometimes happens where you're bidding on a player, and then you're like, and then someone really good like Cushing will bid on a player, and you're like, or or you're not bidding on a player, and you're like, maybe I should, and you see Cushing go in, and it's like, well, yeah, I guess that he's really strong. There was one time I was sort of on the fence, and I saw both Derricks going at it. I was like, you know what, I want in on that, and I joined the fray. I don't remember who it was. Did you not win him? I think I won him, but I don't remember. Maybe in Canha. I feel like it was Canha. Mm, I don't know if I was in on him or McCutcheon. It was McCutcheon. I like McCutcheon, so it could have been him. Buxton was someone I think you were you were bidding me up on. There was someone late you took from me. Odorizzi, real late. Like that was one that uh, on the Zoom call I I flipped off the camera after you you went six on Odorizzi. I think my max bid was five. I was pretty upset about that. I remember that, and I thought, so yeah, I guess I'm not that nice. But Luke Voigt, there was the one time I exhaled loudly with excitement was when I got Luke Voigt for eight. I actually planned the second half of my auction to make sure that I got Luke Voigt. And, you know, I kind of got off him a little bit, but he is in... Has anyone seen how... That man looks good. That man came to play. He had a 455-foot home run the other day against the Mets, and he just he's lost like 20 pounds. Like, he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set myself up as the first baseman forever in New York. So I was really happy when I came through. Until Clint Frazier starts taking ground balls at first. <laughs> I like that Clint Frazier. Anyone, no one took Clint Frazier last night. It's a 15-team 15 15-team 15 Roto League, which I guess we should have also mentioned at the top. 15-team Roto League, 5x5 five five scoring. Can we? Do we do Nando's team? No, you don't have to. Should we do uh, Nando's look, team? We'll talk about my team plenty during the season when we're like, how is that team so far ahead of every other team? we got Adam Ronis. Alex Fast is in this league. Uh, Jen Piacenti's in this league. Uh, David Miller, as you mentioned. Colton the Wolfman. Should I just go through all these teams? Alex Cushing? Yeah, go ahead. I'm just giving the names. Derek Cardi. Oh, there's Derek Cardi and the Derek Van Riper. Uh, Scott Gilroy. Steve Cozzolino. TVR called himself Honorary New Yorker. And I, I kept thinking when when you pop up, I thought it'd say hooray. Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> Ian Kahn. <laughs> That's a little weird. Uh, I forget. Oh, Judges Chambers is Tim Heaney. Uh, Manhattan Marauders is Steve Cozzolino. NFA is Jason Newman. Uh, Team BFF is uh, Greggy Sussman and Frank Stanfield. And then there's a bunch of outbrain ads at the bottom of the page. I thought Ronis. I always walk away from Ronis going, "Damn, how do you do that, man?" He just always. He's really. It's just a really strong auction from him. He paid twenty four dollars for Matt Olson. That's what's wrong with that. That's a, that's one of his really good buys. I think he could have gotten Don't Jesus Aguilar for free in the uh, reserved round. Yeah, but I mean, same numbers. Same him. numbers. I think it's interesting that you see pretty clearly that. There are different 
players approaching this in completely different ways. And Ronis, I think, has a pretty pretty strong tendency to not go overboard early. Juan Soto at 38 and everybody else 25 or less, so he's got a lot more balance. I spend as though I'm drunk and really spend do. a ton. I, I bought four players out of the first 15, I think, which is... It just happens that way a lot. That's just my tendency to get the guys I like early if I can get them at the prices I like. And if I have to play it more like Adam did, then I'll kind of shift to that strategy. But you kind of know if spending aggressively is going to work before you have to settle into that that balanced mode. It's good to be able to play both ways, but I think Cushing plays more like Ronis, where he's a lot more disciplined. He like, He doesn't really get caught in bidding wars either. I don't know if you guys noticed that with Cushing. He, he just drops out at the right time. Like He, he, ra- he rarely seemed like he was in a bad position. Here's how he does player. it, and here's how he got screwed last night. Okay, And this happened to me last year. So Kaz, Steve Cozzolino, who's the, the um, commissioner of the league, he's a former champion also, which is no joke in this league. And if you won the year before, he basically says to everybody else at the auction, bid up Ian. Bid up. Every time Ian bids, you got to bid, right? And then last night, he said to everybody, bid up Alex. Don't let him win again. And so what ends up happening, what Cushing does, is he waits on a player. So let's say he's got somebody at $24. And it's kind of hanging out at 16 which happens sometimes. So he won't bid at all. And then it's at 16 and he'll come in at 17 And he'll be like, I'll just do 17 Now, usually, he'll make it, that, that'll, that'll hold. It just seems to hold. But last night, because he had the target on his back, people kept, bidding him up the dollar and it really it, it he still made a great team but it hurt him a little bit last night i think i think it i think he didn't make as because of that he didn't get as many super sweet deals as he typically would cushion got he got the best pick of the draft i think with Who's gregory that? polanco in the reserve round i don't know how we all okay. collectively missed gregory polanco but he got him uh, in the second yeah. round third round of the reserve i'll take my chris taylor over gregory polanco right now I don't know. You really think so, man? Yeah, because he's got COVID. So he's going to be out at least two weeks, if not longer. Um, and when he plays and he's not hurt, he's really not that good. I mean, well, he hasn't unless I'm missing yet. something. Okay, I get it. I guess there are two ways to look at but, it. Listen, I was just so shocked that Nathan Eovaldi fell to me in the first round of the reserves. I was so grateful. I was so freaking excited. That's going um, to be a messy team this year, man. I know, but he's going to – look, I could be dead wrong, but anytime I can get him for $0, a guy that I think could be a top 35 pitcher easy and could be also a, you know, a number 98 pitcher and have Tommy John surgery for a third time, you know. But, you know, he's a it's a, it's a nice little uh, – pretty happy with it. I was super psyched last night in the reserves. I'll tell you who I love, Ian's catchers. Waited on them. Got Danny Jansen and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa for a combined $6. I wish I had money left to get Danny Jansen at the end. I was dollar days for like the last two hours of the auction. I was in that boat too. I like Danny Jansen as a cheap catcher this year. I don't understand why people like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I've been told he was hitting in spring training 1.0. I know he's going to play at third base and he's got catcher eligibility. I understand that. I just I look at him and I just don't see a guy who's ever hit enough for me to think that he's going to keep the job at third base. And there's not a lot of power there. There's a little bit of speed, so I guess that's part of the appeal, getting a few steals from a catcher spot. But, Ian, what do you like about Kiner Falefa? Well, I, you know what I thought as, as it was going on? And I, I was kind of, who got, one of us got Molina. Did you get Molina, DVR? I wanted Molina. Manhattan Marauders. It was Cosolino. 
I, I really want a Molina. I probably got it for like four bucks. Exactly. Um, here was my thought on kind of Falefa. I, I decided I got into the Gary Sanchez argument with Glenn Colton that we've been having for the last four years where it'll get to whoever gets to $25 first gets him, right? And we always stop. <laughs> like either he's going to get him or I'm going to get him. And then I just decided I was like, because I, I play it more like Ronis. My highest pick was Clayton Kershaw, which I'd like to talk about for $30, which I think is an overbid, frankly, but I'm thrilled I have him because I think he's has a chance to win the Cy Young Award this year in the National League. Um, but... Falefa, I was like, look, he's going to be on the dirt. He's not going to be behind the plate. And he's going to be playing every day until he's not. And he's, you know, he's going to play every day. That's the point. He's going to play every day. He's been ripping the cover off the ball in spring training with power, hitting with power. They're they're moving him. They're moving Frazier to first so that he can play every single day. I believe in that. And to have that guy who's going to play every day as my catcher too, because he's my two second catcher that I got. I got Jansen first. I bid Jansen $2, and it was quiet, which I was happy about. Which I stole from Alex Fast, because he put up 2 bucks for... Who did he do it for? He he had a catcher. Tom Murphy. He did Tom Murphy for 2 bucks, and it was silence. And I was like, you know what? I want Danny Jansen. I'm going to do 2 bucks and sort of leave it there. And I did. So I was like, look, I got 6 bucks for two catchers that I kind of like. Kind of mid-range, 15, you know, 13 to 16 catchers. And I'm comfortable with that. I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. I like it. How's that? Is that was that a good enough answer to give you? Yeah, yeah. Did it stop? Well, and, and for a couple bucks in a two catcher league, it, if he loses the job, it doesn't right. matter all that much. You cut him and just pick up somebody else. I think exactly. I was actually more confused by the the fab bidding on Sunday night, where there were some leagues where he he, he was uh, a non min bid or like non low bid sort of player. I spent a ton on that. Him. Was surprising. I spent. I think I spent five hundred dollars on him in. Uh, the TGBFI, which TGFBI, <laughs> which is which is a fab league. It was very important. I don't know if, if if our listeners have not had a chance. I just want to put this out there. This past Sunday night at, on the Athletic, uh, the three of us did a video podcast, and it was uh, pretty pretty freaking funny um, and very very enjoyable. We may be doing it again. Um, but you can catch it on the Athletic MLB. You could just find it under media. We've been doing it every night. I think. Uh, Nando's doing another one tonight. Yeah, I'm repping the riders. the Nationals. I'm subbing for Britt Garoli tonight because DVR did not reply to the group Slack at all. Just kind of let it sit there. At a break, DVR. <laughs> did you want like, me to do it? No, I just it was just kind of weird that you didn't reply at all. I'm like, hey, good luck. Uh, you jumped in on it. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I waited 15 minutes to let you go first. <laughs> it's like it's like before before the show today when I was like, what time is it? Game time. Oh, and uh, both of you were waiting to see if the other one was going to join. And neither of you joined. Similar, similar. Spent a lot of my life doing that with you guys. Um, anyway, so on that show, we do tell Nando that it is TGFBI instead of TGBFI. And that it wasn't a best ball, which was kind of important. So he could go spend his $500 on Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I think, it might I think have been that's too much to spend. Really? Yeah. Did you need a catcher that bad? Uh, no, I just like him. I like, you know what I like? The, uh, the versatility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's DVR laughing. That's yeah. not me laughing. I, I, didn't, I wasn't even like so. I just tweeted Isaiah Kiner Falefa question mark at like eleven o'clock Eastern on Sunday night, and everybody who bid on them thought I was subtweeting them, and it was not directed at any one person at all. It was just the general numbers I was seeing on different screenshots because people like to screenshot their fab and kind of show the differences from league to league, and especially in TGFBI it's really hard to predict what the room is going to do because I think sometimes you catch a league full of people who are all just 
out for blood. They want to win the overall. Bidding is extremely competitive. It's just like being in, in an FBC league. And other times you get some newer players or some people maybe lose interest and bidding is really light. And you don't really know what kind of league you're in until about halfway into the season. So when the season starts in July, you're even more confused. You kind of assume everyone's going to spend aggressively just to spend it all right away. And my league was actually pretty mild. So I don't, I'd never know what to make of those results from that particular league. I spent five on one on them. And I did need a catcher. I had to drop Buster Posey. What was the next highest bid? I uh, don't know how to look that up. What are the fab results? Yep. Yep, it'll be on the right. Runner-up? Oh, Oh, no. Let's not worry about these numbers. Uh, 92. uh, 92. (laughs) But, hey, look, I I hope you're right, and I hope I get lucky. I think of it as lucky. Let me ask you you guys on the $30 Clayton Kershaw, because it was early when I did it. And I had, you know, I I really was, those are my big bids. I didn't have, I don't have any $1 players. So I didn't. I don't. I didn't go to dollar days at all, which actually helped me tremendously in prepping for the reserve draft because I really had like an hour and a half before we did the reserve draft, so I was really able to like figure out like who I would want in each spot. But I did pay thirty for Kershaw. You know, what did you think of that, DBR? What'd you think? I was on board. I think going back to the early part of the auction, based on what everything, what everyone else was paying for players around that time. Mm-hmm. Made sense there. Made sense in a vacuum, too, with the values I had. I think he was about a $30 even pitcher based on the Rotowire projections I was looking at, too. So I think it's perfectly fine. I mean, Kershaw is one of those guys, like, I'm not really worried about him health-wise. I think there's a little bit of concern because it's been a back injury multiple times in the past, but I like him. Right. I trust him a lot. I think he's an easy top 10 pitcher, and that's kind of what it took to get one of them. Right, that's time. how I felt. I was like, that's my ace. That's my ace. But then... Nando, how did I get Madison Bumgarner for six bucks? I don't know. What happened? I, I was probably in I dollar mean, days I, at that point. W- no, you weren't yet. And I was like, because you, you put him out. I went to two. You went to three. Someone went to four. Someone else went to five. I, I, no, I went to four. Someone goes to five. I went to six. I was going to go up to like 11. I don't know. I probably Maybe I lost interest at that point. I, when did he go? I have guys that I mm. like this year. I have guys that I really like this year who I get like. Bumgarner, I like, but I guess I have players that I love. Okay. How's that? I will say I did lose Bruce. out on someone when I wasn't paying attention because uh, I was moving the computer to another room and walking and who? trying to give the baby a bath at the same time. I can't remember who it was. It was he stopped at 21. I'm like, oh, crap. I would have gone 22. I think Ronas got him at 21. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Why Why was nobody bidding on Chris Taylor? How? How is not... How is the people who, you know, he's going to be the second baseman? I think he's sharing the job still. I mean, c- couldn't they just play Max Muncy against righties at second base and then play Taylor mostly against lefties at second base and, and move him around again? Like, I think uh, they could play Matt Beatty a little bit more. There, there's a few ways the Dodgers can can go about it. Taylor is definitely more interesting with Lux's demotion. There's no, I, I have no counter argument to that whatsoever. But they've played Muncie at second base enough where I think it's at least possible that Muncie moves over. And I don't know how much they like Jock Peterson at first or if they want to get Edwin Rios some opportunities or if it's Beatty or someone else. But at least for a couple of weeks, I think Taylor is going to play enough to be relevant in a 15-team league. I wonder how long Lux stays down. You know, because he had accrued some service time last year. To save a year for someone who hasn't been called up, it's six days. So if you have to add last year's service time to that, are we talking about three weeks? 
of no Gavin Lux before he gets a chance to come up and contribute again? Is he worth holding in a, in a, in a league that has a bit of a bench, you think? In a seven-man bench, I think maybe he's the one guy you can wait, but I'm erring on the side of cutting him in redraft leagues. I, I, really? I liked him. I thought he was a good pick in the 125 to 150 range. I thought there was no way they were going to send him down. He was their best option. They were going to put their best lineup on the field. And I don't know. Like I, I can't. I can't fully make sense of it. I don't know if they believe they can just win the division without him because they've got such great depth. Maybe they can. If they were they trying were to teach him a lesson? Legitimately concerned? Uh, yeah, like he he was late to camp. Yeah, and, you know, I wasn't he. Sick? I don't know. I feel like yeah. he was sick. Yeah, he was. He was away for. Lesson. Well, I read yeah, stuff like he was I mean, being lazy or you know like something like that. I've got him in Tout Wars, okay, and I'm trying to figure out whether to hold him or to let him go. That's what's going on. That's a twelve teamer, isn't it? Yeah, twelve teamer with uh, six bench spots. It's not daily. It's a it's a swap in and out. I think he's cuttable in I know, pretty I, much. I got him cheap. I only, I only paid five bucks for. Yeah, him. but when someone picks him up, you know, like two weeks from now, and he comes up and he's playing. Yeah, when he comes up your, and he's playing, yourself. That, I understand. But the Fab, they're going to be spending two hundred and some odd dollars Fab to get him. He's not going to play against lefties when he comes up if everybody's healthy. I think that's that's been part of the analysis even from someone who likes him is that because of Taylor and because of Kike they could just platoon him he might be stuck in the bottom of the order when he comes up too I, I don't I just think he's a really tough hold in mixed leagues right now it's partially because of the way this season is right if we had a normal season a 26 week season waiting a few weeks for Gavin Lux would be something that I think is relatively easy to do but we can't underestimate the value of having guys who are getting at bats and guys who are getting innings at the ready on our benches right now. Yeah, I hear you. It's just sad. I mean, I kind of was excited about Lux. You know, it's tricky. I, I haven't decided how I'm going to play it. I got a little bit more work to do. I mean, are you that. eyeballing someone specific? Or you're just like, he's not worth anything anymore. For me, you mean? Yeah, I mean, like, if you're, you're like, okay, like, I got to drop Lux because I need to get Kiner Falefa. Or I need to get a dude who was dropped in that first round of. Like, I saw Carl Edwards Jr. was dropped in the. TGFBI, right? Yeah, TGFBI, you picked him up? No, but I'm gonna. This, I love Carl. I think he's gonna be the closer for the Mariners. And I hope that I can fab him before he gets his first save. But I'm saying, like, is there someone on the wire that you're like, I gotta get him? Or are you just dropping Gavin Lux for sport? No, no, no. There, there's a lot of guys. And, and because of the setup of the league, it's it's kind of awesome. It's it's totally unique. You change your lineup twice a week, both hitters and pitchers. So you change it uh, Monday and Friday. Uh, which unlike NFBC where you can't switch pitchers, you can switch pitchers in this league. So it's, uh, you know, those roster spots are important, but also you need to get, have enough bats because let's say, excuse me, a guy goes down in the middle of the week, especially now, you know, you can't, you can't fab on Thursdays for Friday. So it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to think on it. I'm going to be with it as my mom would say, I'll be with it and I'll see how I feel about Lux. All right. Uh, by the way, the player I was thinking of $22, you Darvish. Yeah, how much? How much did that get discounted because of his first inning against the White Sox? Do you know what I'm saying? I, like, I would have gone 23 if that, I was paying attention. Yeah, it's a. All right, so not DVR. Let's look at Nando's team. I want to because I remember. Have, looking I don't want to make this all about me. Going, we haven't even mentioned a guy on DVR's team yet. It's, we could just talk about players. It's fine. Go ahead. Let's talk about Darvish. 
Well, he didn't get Darvish, so you want to talk about Darvish? Go ahead, Dar- Darvish. By the way, uh, managerial change next week. DVR has asked if he could host the show for the rest of the season, so we're going to give it to him. <laughs> that is so not the way it went. <laughs> not remotely. It was you after the thing, because DVR hosted the video, and Nando was like, I was talking to Nando uh, after the, the show, and he was on the phone. Yeah, yeah well, because that's what I right. do. we got to make a trade later. And Nando was sort of like, he was like, you know, it was pretty good having DVR as the host. Hmm. I think you're, uh, you you got the you got the comment in the wrong place, or the semi. Yeah. It was like that was really great. Like what was the, the only thing different was DVR was hosting. Maybe that's you know maybe that's it. And because then we're you know then we got the bread on either side of the meat and the cheese and the you know everything else. So I was like, yeah, I'm all for that. Let's give it a go. So to say the DVR asked, well, I was joking about that. Is very, yeah. <laughs> is, very <laughs> is very absurd. It's just it's just absurd. Um, but I'm sorry, DVR. Go ahead. You were saying about Darvish. Well, I think Darvish does bring us to a bigger question. Like, how much do you care about the final appearances a pitcher makes in spring training or summer camp as it is this year? How much do you care about a player who's been slumping since returning to action in July, right? I mean, does that matter? Uh, I think for me, I care more about velocity loss and things that ordinarily would jump off the page in March. Those things are just harder to find right now. I think one thing that has kind of stood out to me is there are some teams that have uh, velo readings on their scoreboard and some of the beat writers who cover those teams are relaying information. Guys are sitting 93, 94, whatever. That helps. That's It's just not consistent across the league, right? It's not something we have because we can't tune into every single game with the usual data at our fingertips. I do think Darvish getting just crushed by the White Sox the other night I think that does make people a little bit hesitant. I think it makes the difference of maybe a buck or two. I don't think it's a a huge discount sort of thing. I think only injuries and things like that cause bigger drops. There was a a really big discount early on a few guys who had missed time with the virus. That was one of the little trends early that I'd spotted. And I think there was even a pretty big discount on Anthony Rendon because he's dealing with an oblique injury right now. He went for 28. And if he's totally healthy, he probably goes for... Five bucks more than that. Not with an oblique, though. What did you think of Jordan Alvarez for fourteen? That was a steal. That was a steal. That was, that was, that was exactly one of those massive discounts. I didn't understand what happened, and here and here's here's the thing that I got stuck with. I bought Otani early because it's a daily moves league. I think it's one of yeah. The we were fighting over Otani. That was fun. I'm really excited to have. Him. I got him for twenty four bucks because on the days he's not hitting, someone else can hit for him. On the days mm-hmm. he's pitching, he's going to pitch for me. Love it. It's gonna it's gonna make my life miserable checking the Angels lineup every day and making sure he's healthy every Sunday. But at least I have as much flexibility as I want to you know maximize his value. But the problem with rostering Otani, I like a lot of UT only guys, Jordan Alvarez, Chris Davis for the Nelson price Cruz. this year. I actually like him. I love Nelson Cruz. Uh, a couple of those guys like Solak and, and Duhar, they're going to qualify somewhere, so you could justify taking them with Otani. But Otani's UT only. So anytime you're going to use Otani as a hitter, UT spot's full. And I don't want to have to take Alvarez out of the lineup to you know play Otani or vice versa. You know, I just felt like that was a bad use of resources given what I had. But that was something I had not thought about until I had Otani on my roster. There was mm-hmm. definitely an, an Odam moment. When I saw that price on Alvarez, like I really can't responsibly bid here. I probably could have pushed you up a little bit. I'm sure your number was closer to like 20 or 22 or something. Well, on th- I mean, my number before, if he wasn't sick, he's almost a 26, 27 dollar player. From yeah, that I was mean, one of the biggest discounts early for sure. Yeah, but but you know, this is something Colette does. Jason Colette does all the time. 
is he'll throw out the util guys early. And the reason he does it is to lock up other people's rosters, which is smart. You know, I, I like to do something similar to that. Like if I, I had my third base, I had Bryant, which I got for 26. I think I'm right on that. And I had Machado, which I got for 24. And I really think I'm right on that. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm covered at third base. So let me get more third basemen out there before ever, those get cheap. You know, so like I put Matt Chapman out there for nine with the idea that like if you put him out for one, he might sell for 12. You put him out for nine, he's going to sell for 21. Mm-hmm. All right. Because of, of that first bid. I think that first bid is important. So if I if I don't want a guy, I'm going to bid, like let's say I'll bid just a little bit, I'll bid quite a bit below what I think he's going to go for, but that'll get everybody like, all right, well, you got to pay for this guy if you want him. I don't know if there's any psychology anymore in that. Like I, I thought for a while, at several points during the draft, like you know, it would stop at 19 and I'd just fire right up to 20. And then it was like a pause until someone on, on – Going twice would jump in at twenty one. Like I don't know if there's a I don't know how much like psychology's left in that anymore. It's a lot. I don't know if there is there's in like these online psychology. drafts where everyone's kind of doing their own thing. I think there's still something there when when you go from nineteen to twenty or twenty nine to thirty or nine to ten. There's something in our brains that changes it, right? I mean, why why are things priced ninety nine cents instead of a dollar, right? Like why nine ninety nine instead of ten, like on actual shelves? Like that's there is something to that, and I think it does still apply in auctions. I, I don't know how to quantify it, but you kind of tell, like when I'm jump bidding and moving players around, there's an awful lot of nines. Oh, we could, I can bids. quantify it for you right now. I can tell oh. you how many nines there are. Interesting. Mookie Betts was 49. Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Jacob deGrom were 39. So that's four in the $30 or more range. 39 for Trey Turner is a good price. Freddie Freeman, Steven Strasburg, Ozzie Albies were, 39, were 29. There's only three of them in the 20 range. 19, there were a few. Jose Barrios, Carlos Correa, Josh Bell, Josh Donaldson, Matt Chapman, Tommy Pham, and Victor Robles. So that's seven in the, at 19. Let's check nine. Nine had a bunch. I think it's kind of a it's like a cap and a booster in some ways, too, where I feel like you look at players who are 16 bucks, and you're like, I'll go a couple bucks over, but I'm stopping at 19. Yeah. You know, like it, it's it's a threshold both ways. That worked for you last night a couple of times where you made the jump and just shut the room down. It was good. I think the other thing, though, like anytime I'm auctioning, whether it's live or online, I just I do not want to bring players up one, two, three, four, five. Like I, if you throw a good player, like 80% of what he should go for should be the next bid, at least. And you can even go higher. If you're just trying to freeze the room, you can try that, and it can, it can work. Just I want to I want to play fast. I want to keep things moving, but I also just you know want to have fun with it along the way. What'd you pay for a Brayu last night? Oh, I loved your carpenter pickup. I, I texted you after that one. I was like, that was really good. But what did you pay for a Brayu? I feel like you got a good deal on that. Abreu was twenty. I think an even oh. twenty. Yeah. I think was the final Maybe, price. Yeah. It was a lot. It was. But you know what it was? I got a little bit spooked thinking about daily moves and how thin first base is because. You'll find guys who are playing, and they're going to be on a platoon, but it's going to require a lot more legwork. The position curve is pretty gross this year, and I actually wanted to prioritize a first baseman and a corner guy who just don't take days off. Like Jose Abreu and Carlos Santana, they don't take days off. They're kind of in that old accumulator mold that some people try to stay away from. I think they're so stable that they're worth the extra few bucks. I think... 
it's just one of those weird things where it's like if, if you see the first base pool, like the Mitch Moreland types who end up on the wire, like they can be useful. They can have good series. They can have good matchups. I just didn't want to have to chase those players all season because I felt like the way my roster was coming together, the outfield and the bottom of my pitching were the two spots that I was going to have to turn the most. But I'm comfortable with that. Like I think there's always something in the outfield. and I like the way that in the outfield, if you need some power, you can usually find some power in season. You need some speed, you can find a little speed in season. You know, I just like having an open position that I have to mix and match the most. And obviously pitching is kind of the same way. If you need a reliever, you can find one. If you need a starter, you can stream one. So I tried to... I tried to do the stars and scrubs thing for this league, thinking about the daily moves and just leaving myself with one or two areas that I had to constantly monitor and, and burn through waiver wire players. I think this year's going to be different. I think you're treating this year a little too much like every normal year. How so? This year I think you just got to go into full like DGAF mode and just follow just follow your gut and not like dwell too much. Like, So I do agree, like perfectly with your accumulators, but what's going to be the difference between a Jesus Aguiar and a Jose Abreu when the dust settles after 60 games? Not a lot. Uh, who said a lot? I'm saying, well, the draft last night said a lot. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between Jose Abreu and Jesus Aguiar. Or maybe a little batting average? I just think Abreu's a better baseball player, stays healthy better, in not better in, shape, not in better the athletic alternate league. Alternative universe. <laughs> Abreu went down in the second right. week with a torn ACL. That is that is true. That is true. Uh, but in real life baseball, that the Chicago White Sox have a really really good lineup. Uh, and yeah, that's true. They're going to be good. This but year. the Marlins actually have a better lineup that people give them credit for. And I know I'm Johnny Marlins apologist here, but it's good. I liked uh, DVR's Carlos Carrasco for 11. I had just bought Lance Lynn for 12, so I was like, I already bought that player, so I got to stop. Um, but I like the Carlos Carrasco for 11. Did you get Lance Lynn because of how well he did for you in OOTP? Or did you get Lance Lynn in OOTP uh, because no. you liked him in real life? I I got him because he helped me with tout, win Tout Wars last year because he was amazing. So he Lance Lynn is... I, to me, Lance Lynn is one of those guys. Like I, I, I bought a bunch of. If I look at my pitching staff, I spend more on pitching every year on this than most people do. Like Ronus, Ronus's team is so good. I just I had looked at it for a minute. Like even his pitching, he's got Corbin Burns for three bucks. I mean, he he's just got he's got just a really good team. But I spent on I got Lance Lynn for twelve, Bumgarner for six. I got Soroka for fifteen, Kershaw for thirty. Britain for six, and I got a lot of close. I got Odorizzi for six, Joe Jimenez for six, um, and the, you know the, the 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 DVR taught me something. I hope you don't mind me sharing this DVR. Well, can he can I, always can, cut it out if he's right? comfortable with it. He's the editor. Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 cut, yeah, cut yeah, this no, out if you no problem. if you wish that I didn't share this. <laughs> but DVR taught me something right before labor, and I think I had thought it before, but he really put it into like this is this is this is the a key thing I do. And it seems obvious, but once you're sort of halfway through the auction or two-thirds of the way through the auction, like however many dollars you have and how many spots you have. So you basically have, let's say you have $100 left and you've got 10 guys to get. That means there are 10 – typically at that point, let's say you have $60 left and 10 players to fill. You get $6 a player to fill. And that's how you think about it, right? So then it's like, all right, do I want to spend extra on this guy or do I not? And so like $6 was like a magic number for me. 
last night. So that's where Odorizzi came from, six. Joe Jimenez came to six because I had like $6 left. And then I had $5 left at a certain point, And I was like, I'm going to extra spend on Voight. I'm going to go, I was going to go up to $15 on Luke Voigt last night. I was, I was waiting. I was waiting to, to buy Luke Voigt. And I got him for eight. And I was like, all right. So I got more money to play with now. But that little extra tip is, was so helpful to me. Uh, in thinking about auctions. And it seems so obvious, but the way DVR put it, it was we were in Florida, it was getting ready for labor, and he just sort of said that. And I was like, yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense. DVR is okay, I showed that. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> you can cut it. Yeah, I thought that was going to be some kind of deep, weird thing you were going to reveal, but... It's just helpful. It's just re- It was really helpful last night. And it kept it so... Look, I just don't like doing dollar days at all. Like, I want to get the guys that I want... And the worst feeling is like, all right, I want this guy so badly. Nathan Ivaldi for a buck, two bucks. Oh, I can't get him. You know, I don't like that. So I rather just wait. I'm not going to spend on the big, big first round guys typically, unless there's a, a bargain to be had. And I'm looking for guys in rounds three through six, three through ten, and I want to load up on those guys. And especially in a season like this, where injuries, like if you, my argument with Stars and Scrubs is this: you get a bad injury in in that spot. And you're replacing, like, that's kind of what DVR says about stolen bases, right? He's like, I don't like to get one guy who's going to do my stolen bases because if he gets hurt, I'm screwed. It's kind of how I feel about Stars and Scrubs. Like, if you have two guys, two of your stars get hurt, and you're filled with lots of scrubs, and you've got, like, now three stars and a lot of scrubs, I just think it's dangerous. I don't like But the scrubs in this league are actually, I mean, like, look at the list of dollar players who are much better than dollar players. You know what I mean? Like, I think I I learned this from Larry Schechter. In his book, actually, which is like 10 years old now, maybe more, he would win, I think he won like three mixed tout war, which at that time was 15-team roto. And he'd like win it, and we'd just sit there like, how is he doing this? But he would take everybody's projections, he would kind of make his own uh, dollar values out of them. And then his thing was, these dollar players who go for a dollar in the draft, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure this isn't exactly right, but these dollar players are worth more than a dollar, but the economics of how the draft works is, you know, like a, I don't know, uh, who's a good example here of a dollar guy who's not, Shinsu Chu, you know, could be four, if you run this draft a hundred times, Shinsu Chu could go for eight dollars in the next one, he'd go for four dollars in the next one. Uh, Franchi Cordero went for a buck, he, you know, he'd go for four or three or five, the, the people like that, you know, like these one and two dollar players, uh, if you run the, the an auction again with, you know, 15 different people, they're not going to be dollar players anymore, they're going to be maybe even six, seven, eight dollar players. So it's just I guess I, I, I don't agree, man. Way. I don't agree. I'm going through the one dollar but I'm going through the one dollar. Oh, maybe the two dollar players right is a better example too then. Right. But two dollar players, yes, but the two dollar players are. But the one dollar players, I just went through the whole half the half the league. And the only one dollar players that I kind of really like are Shed Long, who you got for That's a buck. Me. Because Yes, I know. And you you were like, I'm I, who who are you really mad? The oh Beretto. Yeah. You didn't get the guy who doesn't have the job. Who and you were you know cursing who was I forget it was who it was Newman. I think it was Tim Heaney, it's Jason Newman I think you're right and you're, I let him know I let him know <laughs> in the chat room the, yeah he's like yeah, I was like Tim McLeod used to say you're off my Christmas card list and Derek and and Nando Dofino uh, I'm not even gonna say what you said say the it, shed long DVR edit out Eric Cosmer Miggy and T Oscar like those are the only one dollar players that have any interest to me. So far, got a whole bunch of good one dollar players. Yeah, I'm with DVR on this, got, man. All right, hold what on. about Garrett Cooper? I, 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 I'm on the Nando side of this one, so I ended up with my catchers were one dollar guys. They're not that good. Suzuki and Austin Romine, they're okay. Like they're not special. Yeah, oh, you have Suzuki. I have Matt Carpenter. Combs. 
Yeah, yeah how about that? Well, huh? Besides yeah. that, uh, that tandem. Uh, sorry, so Matt Carpenter for a dollar. Just where he's like in the lineup, one. what he should do. Thumbs up on that. Sam Hilliard for a dollar. Could be Pass. a monster in Colorado. Could be. Chew for a dollar. Obviously, I, I like him. Yep, came I like up him before. too for a dollar. Dylan Carlson for a dollar. Only Is he going to come back up? you got to wait about a week. Okay. There, there's no way that they're not going to bring him up, right? Like, they, their offense needs him. He was, he was going to win the job out of camp back in March. But now so, they can wait a week, and then he'll get, they'll get another year out of it. Okay. I, like, I yeah. like Dylan Carlson. So I'll go to the bench for that one. Hunter Renfro for a dollar. I'm a little worried about no platoons, throwing some of the reserve guys too here. Mashing before he got hurt last year. Come on, man, Hunter Renfro. But he's not. How often is he going to play? Three play days a week. Day. Yeah. You think he's going to play every day? I'll cut him if he's not playing enough. But for a dollar, I, I, just, I get it. I I get it. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I just prefer having the three dollar, like getting a three dollar Willie Calhoun. But yeah, but like in the if we ran this again, he might be a one dollar player if he's brought up at the right time. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, if, if yeah. things shake out one way or another, he might be a dollar player. I I think I completely agree with Nando, and it's it's really, and I think it's very apparent in the outfield and with pitchers. That that's why I was okay having so many one dollar players, given what I had put together as my foundation. Because if it wasn't Hilliard and Chu, it would have been two other guys who I see as similarly useful players, guys that hit high up in the order. Guys who could be seven to eight dollar players, if not a little more, in the case of a guy like Hilliard, I wanted to be in that position because I, I just think there's plenty of room for profit there, and I just tried to make sure that I've locked in a ton of playing time with the guys I played up, paid up for. Like if I paid up for anybody, playing time was in no way an issue. Like that's that was the main goal for all of my leagues this season. Like, and I think that's probably a lot of people's goals to say, hey. I just don't want to deal with anybody who costs fifteen plus dollars, who doesn't have playing time locked in and a spot in the heart of the order or near the heart of the order at the top of the order locked in. Speaking of which, I have a question that I'm not sure. There's one buy that I really didn't like for myself, and I'm curious if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Um, I bought Jonathan VR for twenty five dollars relatively early. Now, one of the things I was doing was buying lots of guys with lots of eligibility, right? So um, Machado has dual eligibility. Bryant VR has second base, shortstop. He might get outfield. Um, Jose Peraza, Isaiah Kiner, Falefa. Yeah. But twenty five dollars for VR. Oh, I guess I should go. We should ask DVR first because it's VR. What did you think of that twenty five dollar? Fair price, tons of speed, a little bit of power, not really a lot of playing time concerns. I, I don't. I, I think he'll move around again this year, but the key for VR is staying on a team that's not contending. You know, the Marlins <laughs> could be the random surprise team, but on a good team, he can fall into a four starts per week sort of role. Right. On a second division team, as was the case last year in Baltimore and should be the case this year in Miami, he'll just move to another position and play when someone else is ready. And they'll hit him in a prominent spot in the order, and they'll let him run. I think twenty five is fine. I, I think he could once again be a thirty five dollar player. Right. Well, that's the whole because of that speed and 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 getting speed is getting stolen bases to get VR and then Buxton. Nando, what do you think of the VR twenty five dollar? Look, in light of me getting Malik Smith and Gerard Dice, so I played a totally different game than you, and totally different than what I usually play. Like I'd like to get like it was actually Selfino who wrote a good article about it, saying that there's this hidden speed. That you're not paying for with these players who you know have a high OPS but steal some bases, and in this closed world where you have 
maybe three dudes. He went he went like last five years, and I think like the average is like three guys steal thirty plus bases or forty plus bases. So you know one they're like the elite level of stolen bases. So that's three out of twelve, you know, which is a low percentage. So you don't need to chase it as hard. But here are these guys who hit for power, like Teoscar Hernandez, who have the highest sprint speed according to Statcast, and who can steal here or there. Anyway, long story short. Those are the kind of guys that I usually like to go for, and I, I slowly build up steals, so I'm not knocking out you know one, two, three, or four points out of 15 in that category. You know, if I'm at like seven or eight without chasing it, whatever. But I built up so much speed, uh, so much power early, and I've got just like bangers. My entire lineup is just home run hitters. Um, yeah. That getting Gerard Dyson and getting Malik Smith, who the OOTP sim in a 60 game season says is going to steal 29 bases, and now that's my only basis, but I think you know. There's some merit to that. Anyway. By the way, we're getting to the point with you and Mike Salfino where you're going to need to come up with a sound for him because you drop that name constantly every week. I don't mind. So you're going to need to come up with right, something. I have DVR yeah? come up with a sound for him. All right. Yeah. We, we just, I, I'd like that in so that next week when you all do right. it and you say, you know, Salfino said this, <laughs> that we can have you know, a little. I edit all these you know, guys, so I read all their stuff like front to back. I get it. I get it. It's just every week you say it like Salfino. Like, can you believe it? You're like, wow, yeah. Well, Salfino came up with something. It's like, yeah. Numbers. He comes. You, you you mention him every right, week. Well, I read somewhere that uh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to fall into that. I did. The pay, point is, I, I think was you surprised. Overpaid. I got Buxton. I think I got these two guys for nine dollars, and mm-hmm. and you okay. got twenty five. And you know what, what's the difference? Really, at the end of the day, well, I, in this very very the short difference season. was here's the other reason I paid the twenty five is second base to me is is a tough position to fill successfully like really successfully in a 15 team and to have i was like all right it's it was early enough in the draft that it made me relax about stealing stolen bases to a certain extent because then there was a point later where fam was going and like people were bidding up and it was like or lorenzo kane was like an expensive relatively expensive player because it's like people need the speed and i don't like being in a position where i need speed i just don't like it like i i, I don't want that i want to feel like it's like i'm good i'm good i, I just want to get the players that i want well, that's how I usually as am. opposed to, but for whatever okay. for the way this yeah. just played out, I just I went so hard after power, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, you know, Aaron Judge steals some bases, uh, but not a lot of the other bangers. So, I'm like, what if I just went and got the two speed guys, and see where that puts me, and that's basically what I did. Mm-hmm. I also got a one dollar yeah, handful Gibbons. of steals. That yeah, was a nice. That was a nice late buy. I mean, yeah, Michael Givens. The like could be. Eight or ten saves there, right? I, yeah, hundred. I, like, I know people don't like him, but, but wait I, a minute! Whoa, what happened? I have to ask this. Archie Bradley. Yeah, I was gonna. How much did he go? I for? was gonna pay that. What much did for you, Archie Bradley? He was your number two closer <laughs> like a week yeah. ago. And if I would, I like him, but I, there's there are economics <laughs> at play here that are much more important than sticking to my rankings. Oh, okay. He went, he went I for did, ten bucks. He went for ten yeah, bucks. At that point, I'm I was six seven dollar closerville. Okay. All right. I just was like, where are you? And I wish I had, I wish I'd written this down because there were like five players who I knew I could get cheap and build up the saves. Like, well, Michael Givens is one of them. Uh, hold on. I've- and also, there was a funny moment last night where the three of us were going after Ken and Maeda, and that's when Nada was like, no, he's mine. He's mine. He's mine. I mean, how much did Maeda Well, you know what I like going? to do? It was just there's the- a strategy behind that. If, I think if, if someone sees me hammering the guy hard, and they're like, that's yeah. your guy... And then I stop, you're screwed. Like someone's gonna try and bid me, and I'm like, all right, see you later, man. I got I got a backup. Who would you rather have? A fifteen dollar Kentum a fifteen dollar Kenta Maeda or a a twelve dollar Lance Lynn? Fifteen dollar Maeda. 
Dior. Basically the same guy. I guess I'd rather save a few bucks and throw those extra dollars at something else later. All right, let's go. Oh, this is a bet for this for this week, Chris. Chris from Baseball Pods. Um, he he will be listening. He he even went and picked up. I forgot we did a bet on Sunday on the video show, and I was like, "Yo, there's a bet here. You got to check it out." And he's like, "Got it, nailed it. It's on the list." But all right, so it's Kenta Maeda I mean, like, versus like, Lance Lynn. Like you're making Chris your intern. Can we at least shout out no, at Baseball Pods a little more or something? We, every <laughs> last week, I was talking about his site and his diet. Shut up, man. You know, shut up. All right, here's the bet. Kenta Maeda versus Lance Lynn. And actually, I got into a nice little exchange with Mike Silver um, on Rob Silver on Twitter. Rob, is it Rob? Shoot, I'm Like sorry. the really smart, high-stakes guy? Who's also yeah, like a Canada. Canadian politician? Yeah, his wife is a Canadian there politician. But he's, sorry, sorry, Rob. I called you Mike. That was my bad. Um, I play, we play with him in RDI. We become buds. I used to talk to him on the phone. You know, watch stop with Canadian to fees too much. Uh, no, he's a minute. Uh, he's a really he's a really tough trader. And I was like, well, I'm not going to, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. But I, I like him a lot. But we we were trying to decide we were betting a dollar over a Canadian dollar. Who's going to win Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer? And I have Scherzer over Verlander. He has Verlander over Scherzer. And then Larry Schechter was like, well, or how are you guys going to decide? Is it going to be CBS? And then uh, Rob was like, no, we'll just know who had the better season and like if we can't agree, it's a push. Really? And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm Use good with that. Use the Eno tiebreaker like, the- like we do. Eno can charge five dollars right. every time he's a tiebreaker for these bets <laughs> for a one dot for a one dollar Canadian yeah. bet. But so Kenna Maeda versus Lance Lynn. I will take Lynn. Uh, Nando takes Maeda. Uh, who has the better season? DVR. Who you got? Straight up. Straight up. Take, no money. I'll take Lynn. No. Oh. He's only doing that because like he feels Maeda bad. He too. sided with me on that one dollar thing, so he's, he's throwing a little, throwing a little love to Ian to keep the peace. That's all right. I, 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 I've been pretty successful with my style of play. I'll keep going with it. This is literally a bet that I would probably not put money on because I have them ranked so closely together. Like they definitely belong in the same tier. There was one time you guys were going at, at for a player last night, and I didn't know what either of you were doing. I was like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you bidding so high on this guy?" Rossell Iglesias, both of you. Oh, nasty were, It was just you two. But he's going to win 32 games, if not more. But he's there's no guarantee he's going to hold the job all year. He doesn't Bell doesn't like him very much. Uh, so then he'll still get vulture wins and uh high strikeouts in a daily league where you could put anyone in any spot. Mm, okay. I I just was surprised cuz you were the only two bidding at each other on it and then Nando took him for $12. Who closes there then if he loses the job? Is it I think Stevenson? Lorenzen's Amir Garrett? Yeah, Lorenzen's dinged up. Garrett could be. Could I got be him Garrett. too. They do have another lefty. They got Cody Reed, so they could use Garrett. Strope? I mean, I, I just. I, I think Stevenson and Lorenzen are the two most interesting guys. Yeah, they are. Lorenzen, Lorenzen had the job weird. for a minute last year, remember? In, in, in September, he had the job. Like I think week. Lorenzen's tough to put in like an exclusive ninth inning role, though, because sometimes you use him as a pinch hitter. So you might want him earlier in the game. You know, you can't necessarily, like he could get some saves, but I just don't know if he'll ever be the guy in the ninth inning because he could hit a little bit. Yeah, but nope, that's not going to happen anymore because we got the DH. So that's not, unless he's going to DH. Mm. You're not going to have as many pinch hitting opportunities in the National League as we have had historically. It's true. Yeah. Are you sure? Because if you, so. I was thinking about this with Eric Thames, right? If they get smart with the Washington lineup, and Eric, Th- I love Eric Thames so much. 
if they get smart with the Washington lineup, you know how they all platoon Eric Thames, whatever, whatever. But, you know, you bring in a lefty to face the lefty, you got to stand for two more batters. So if you hit a lefty who's always going to get a, a pitcher coming just to face him and drop two righties after him, you're really creating something bad for the other team. Like, that's going to, that, you know, that could that could keep Eric Thames facing righties, basically, later in the game more often than he has before. And, you know, in a short season where every bat's important, could up his value. So I don't know if platoons are going to yeah. look the same this year. I don't know. It's good. I hear you. I hear you. By the way, Eric Thames, I own Eric Thames. I got him for six bucks last we night. We should get on the phone, maybe. We're, yeah, we'll get on the phone later yeah. tonight. I got, well, not tonight. I, got, I have two drafts at the same time that I'm going to try and do at the same time. Do I got really? an ale only that I'm very excited about. It's one of those Jurassic Park, put the real one in amber. This is a dynasty league that we're just one shot, ale only, 28-round draft. And the other okay. one is my home league, just a mixed points league that I always do terrible in. <laughs> so that one I can do. You know what I mean? Like I can just switch over the bling bling and come back over to the sale only. I've got my cues. Also, set. we were all fighting over Julio Urias last night, which was fun. And then I was like, ah, no, no, no. He's going to be awesome. He's going to return $25. He is gonna be, I, I think he's going to, I think he could. I think it's possible. Um, it's also possible that they screw around because it's the Dodgers and they, you know, Dustin may get some time. You're right. But, but uh, no, it was, it was interesting. That was that was another spot where the three of us. There were moments where we, there were you didn't notice this, Nando, because you don't pay attention to such things. But I am very mindful all the time. Well, no, I'm I, just I kidding. Guess, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, but there were many times where the three of us. I was like, oh, this is an under the radar player. Like this is a guy that all three of us want. I wonder if there are other. If I can figure out who are some of the other guys that we were all three in on. And then you got your profile. I was out of. I was. I was done with. I was trying to avoid him. But, I mean, you couldn't. He was just right there, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. He was playing left field. I love him. Profar's in left they field? They put him in left field the last couple days. No. Did they really? Yeah, you like that. I miss that. You like that, don't you? Yes, And there's did. your Jorge oh. Mateo answer. No, man. I think I'm going to be Mateo. Right, well, right. Why would you trade for a guy? You don't I, want him. I just don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I just don't. don't Ian, you got a hard out, my friend. N- yeah, I do. I do. I have a hard out. Uh, but... So much fun. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a great... I have to say, just to wrap up that thought, GDD, so much fun. I enjoyed every minute of it, like competing with all of our friends who are really just phenomenal players. And uh, it was really fun. So thanks to Steve and thanks everybody for, for joining in. And hope you enjoyed our little recap tonight. Today? Today. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Steve, you are after let him d- take us out. Okay. Well, no, the plan is that you're still going to bring us in and take us That's out. That's your plan. That's a weird way to run a show. I know, but you're, you're so iconic. So totally, point. yeah, because make the people want more. All right, you got to finish up the show, Nando. There's no point in, in not, you know? So, By the ahead. way, shout out to, uh, oh, crap, I should have had that pulled up. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm on Reddit. I know you guys aren't Redditors, but uh, I like to read it. And uh, we got a nice little shout out in the Fantasy Baseball subreddit in the context of the T-Mobile Tuesdays deal. Oh, by the way, what is our secret word? Hashtag GDD. Well, that'll get if yeah, you have a question. GDD tweets. Okay. No, I'm cool. I'm, so, no, I'm joking. That's fine. <laughs> Hashtag GDD. All right. And and we always like it when you guys send us messages on Twitter. So you know, say hey, really enjoying the show. We're like, oh, that's nice. We like we appreciate that. So like we see it and we appreciate. Sometimes it. if I see one of the other two answer it, I'm like, okay, it's been answered. Sometimes I jump in anyway, just to you know, so it feels like you didn't waste your question. Oh yeah, there was that Julio Urias trade question, yeah. right? Where the guy was getting 
um, Royce Lewis and Hunter Green, and he could get Corbin Burns instead of Hunter Green. And I think thinking about it more, I kind of like that Royce Lewis and um, Corbin Burns for Julio Urias if you're going to make the deal. And I think he can. 14-team Dynasty League, I didn't mind that. I don't know. I yeah. would rather have the two like purebred prospects than uh, Corbin Burns. Well, DVR knows about Burns better than most people know about yeah, Burns. Yeah, DVR. Ian's the one who's got to go. He keeps uh, elongating. I, I do so got to go. go. And answer Actually, question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's working for Corbin Burns right now. It gets a nice test right away on the road at Wrigley. It's going to be hot. Ball's going to be flying at Wrigley yeah. this weekend. I do got to run. I do got to run. So take us out, Nando. Wait, before you go. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Thank you all for joining us. We hope uh, you have the best of luck in your drafts and auctions. Hit us up. Like, if you're hearing this right now, it's you know Wednesday. Tomorrow the season starts. We're here. We're on Twitter. We'll answer your questions if you got them. Hashtag MGDD. For the man who I'm not even sure he pays attention to the auction, but more so the chat room, Ian Kahn. Hey, bye, my friends. See you next week. For the guy who ganged up with me over Ian Kahn, Derek Van a rare, rare Nando DVR tandem. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, we're never on the same side. <laughs> Thank you all. Good luck. Next time we talk to you, we'll be in the midst of the weirdest Major League Baseball season in the history of the world. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.